morning, church. Let's, let's take these few moments this morning to realign ourselves with what God has for us this morning. The altars are always open, but even more so now. So feel free to change your posture, because sometimes that's all we need. It's a little bit of different of a position physically to realign ourselves to be in a little bit of a different position with God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this time together, this time to worship you, both in the music, but also in the word, your word that is to come. I pray, pray that we would hear it. not just with our ears, but with our heart. So that your words would be written on our heart. Deeply ingrained into everything that we do. I pray for those this morning that are homebound, that are sick, that are recovering. Lord, that you would give them peace, that you would give them healing. And they would be touched by you just as much as those in this room. Again, I pray. Pray that we would hear your voice. Know who you are and become a beacon of light, a beacon of your light to those who only see darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Someone liked the end of that song. <laughs> Addie, did you like that song? Yeah, I think so, huh? What a way to start out church with the kids laughing. And <laughs> <laughs>
you know. Good morning. It's good to see everybody in church today. Uh, just a few announcements that I wanted to share with you. Um, about Good Friday, I was going to say, you know, yesterday was Saturday and it was good. And to, Good Friday's coming. That's going to be great. But, you know, there's always a pun somewhere. But uh, Good Friday, we're doing a service at 6.30 p.m. So mark your calendar or I'll keep reminding you until the Sunday before. Um, the Sunday after, I'll remind you you missed it. So, uh, And then Easter is, um, is at our normal time. So we'll, uh, we're going to have some refreshments and things ahead of time. So if you want to come around like 9.30 or so, we'll have some refreshments and snacks and stuff. Uh, before the uh, worship service at 10. And a few other things coming up in about two weeks is the ladies' breakfast. Uh, so just be thinking about that. That'll be the third Saturday at 10 a.m. Bring food or you'll have coffee. <laughs> um, there's also a game night coming up on March 23rd. So March 23rd, 5 to 8 p.m. Bring your games that you like to play. And, uh, and we'll have another, another good time doing that. We're also going to be doing a membership class early April, probably early mid-April at the latest. But if you'd like to, um, to see how you can partner with us as a church, then we encourage you to come for that. Um, once we know who's interested, then we'll figure out when's the best time for those people to meet for the class. So if you're interested... Either let Pastor Franklin know or myself, and we'll make sure we get you on the list. And let's see. Uh, I think that's most of them. Uh, as always, we thank you for your tithes and offerings. We can't serve God here without your, your generous support, and we thank you for that. And we encourage you to continue. Um, if you'd like to give towards our missionaries that we support, you can also designate an amount towards missions as well. Uh, so that we can bless them. Kyle is going to come and bring the message this morning, right, Kyle? That's right. You're going to bring the message as well? No, you're just going to bring the, okay, we'll have you come and do that. And then message. How's, every, how's everyone doing this morning? I'm doing okay. The last 10 days or so have been interesting for me. I was uh, diagnosed with uh, pneumonia, so. I'm going to try to get through this. If I start breathing like uh, Darth Vader, well, give me, give, me, give me a little break there. Okay. Uh, I'm reading Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 13 through 18. Uh, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish with, which with, you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying 
for all the Lord's people. So last time Kyle read the scripture, he says to me afterwards, it was a long one. <laughs> and this time I gave Jim the scripture and I said, uh, it's a long one, but you know, they, I'm going to break it down, but you know, he could just read this, these verses. Well, I didn't know he's going to give the long one to Kyle again. <laughs> and he's getting, he's, he's recovering from pneumonia. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I don't know. I think some people have it out to get you, Kyle, <laughs> to do this to you. I really like that prayer that uh, Franklin had that we would be listening with our hearts, that Lord, have your way with everything today. Um, so I have a couple more scriptures that I want to read. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to read through these. But basically, I'm talking about the armor of God today and how we um, use that armor to live well. Um, in 1 Timothy, it says, um, this is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Fight the good fight for the true faith. You know, we're supposed to fight the good fight. We're really supposed to fight it. And it's supposed to be for the true faith because people can fight all sorts of things. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you pick and choose what, what hill you're going to die on. But ultimately, we need to make sure that we are on whatever hill God wants us on, that we are fighting for the true faith, not any other kind of faith, not a tainted faith, because there's lots of people that come to church but um, what they think God wants is it's just that they're a little bit off. And I'm sure that we're all off a little bit somewhere. But sometimes people, they have the mindset, you know, you know it's uh, God is first, you know, except for when family's first. <laughs> it's like, but that's not putting God first. And when you put God even before your family, that is truly when your family has everything that they're going to need, when your family is truly going to be able to succeed and thrive. You know, we can't do that when we put God down lower because God is the one who's going to provide for us. He's the one who's going to guide us and strengthen us. You know, it's all these things, but fight the good fight for the true faith. And in Romans it says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take, never take revenge. Leave, uh, leave, that, leave that to the righteous anger of God. How many of us can say we have a righteous anger? <laughs> um, you know, leave that to the righteous anger of God. When Jesus was flipping tables in the temple, he had a righteous anger. How many of us, can, if we're angry with people at church, how many of us can come into church and start flipping tables and say that we're not going to lose our temper? You, you normally you see somebody doing that and you think, oh, they've lost it. Oh, <laughs> now you've done it. But <laughs> now God has a righteous anger. Leave revenge to him because ultimately he is the only one who can truly handle that because he's not going to lose his temper. He's going to take hold of his temper. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what needs to be done. But us, we can get carried away. Even the most mild-tempered person, 
if you get them to really get angry, it, you know, we all get angry. But when we get angry, you know, our anger is not like God's. He, he is perfect. And so um, leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. All right, so that's where that's the good part. You know, you're going to heap burning coals of shame on their head. But leave it to God. Leave it to God for revenge. You know, we, we're supposed to feed them if they're hungry. We're supposed to give them something to drink if they're thirsty. You know, I know what you did. Here's a cup of water, and no, I did not spit in it. God told me not to. He told me he'll take care of that later. You know, leave it to God. Leave it to him. He's going to do it right. And, um, and it says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Don't let evil conquer you. Because too often when we're fighting, fighting a fight, evil can conquer us. But instead, conquer evil by doing good. Too often we make exceptions. We do the right thing the wrong way. And yeah, the right thing is nice. If you're going to do it the wrong way, you're not doing it God's way. Because ultimately God does everything right. It doesn't matter that he created us, that we are his, you know, his creation, his handiwork, his masterpiece. He said, no, we're going to do this right. I am going to send my son to you. And he will pay the price for all that you have done. He did not even hold back when it came to his son. He gave his son even for us. And of course, Jesus willingly gave himself. He gave himself for us. He did it right. He was not going to do the right thing and provide a way for us for salvation. But he wasn't going to do it the wrong way. He was going to do it the right way. There is no uh, uh, sweeping things under the rug with Jesus. He is going to make sure things are done right. You know, do not uh, let, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So when we're going into battle, we're going to need some special armor to do this. If, God, if these are the ways that God wants us to fight, then we need to do it however he wants us to. I think about, I think about a battle I went out to do a couple years ago. Oh, I was, I was growing pumpkins. I decided I wanted to grow pumpkins. And um, there were these vines that grew. And I'm having trouble with this today. For some reason, it just doesn't want to stay right there. Um, so the, I go out to, I'm taking care of these pumpkins. Of course, I don't have much time. So these pumpkins, they got to fend for themselves. And every so often when I can, I come out and I'm going to uh, uh, do what I can. Well, the vines, there were these vines, and I couldn't tell which, which are pumpkin vines and which are the uh, weed vines, because they looked very similar when they were smaller. And so I, I'm trying to work with these vines that are now crossing over the pumpkins, but the pumpkins are big enough, I can see what the difference is. Well, in these vines, it turns out, at a certain point, they get all these little sp spikes on them. Not like thorns, like uh, more like a, just a picker, and then it just gets stuck all over you. And um, so um, I go out there, and I got, I got my snippers. I'm going to snip these vines. Um, I have uh, pants on, because normally I wear shorts. You see me here with pants on every week. I, if I, when I get home, the shorts are going on. I, I, 
it's hot in this world. It's hot. Yes, I know I'm saying that in the winter, but you go inside, it's not winter temperature inside. I'm putting shorts on, and if I only have to go out briefly, I'm wearing shorts. But if I'm like leaving, leaving, I'm wearing pants in the winter, usually. Um, so, so I put on pants, I have long sleeves on, I got the snippers, I got some gloves on my hands, and I, I got boots on. And, and so with these snippers, I'm gonna do my best to get these vines off of my pumpkins and out of there. And they were all over the place. And, and when I got done clearing as much as I could, and I'm clearing up over the fence, and well, you know, I come back from camp a couple weeks later and the vines are all back. Um, well, uh, when I get inside, though, I'm trying to get the pickers off of me. They're all over the place. The gloves, I'm looking at them. And I don't know what I'm going to do with them. And, you know, duct tape does miracles. You could, maybe God invented duct tape himself, just sent the first roll down. But I don't know, maybe it was just user error. I got plenty of that, but I couldn't get the duct tape to fix that. You know, pulling the, the pickers off with the duct tape, uh, not even duct tape. Could I, and I didn't want to put them through the wash because I'm like, there's just going to be pickers all over everything. Well, I ended up doing a special load in the washer, and those pickers, what, they, they were still there. I never got rid of the pickers. The pickers, oh my goodness, the pickers, all over the place. And then I'm finding them all over the place, and I, I was very careful. But when we go into battle facing the vines that are covering all the pumpkins, we, we need to be prepared. We need to have the proper armor, and apparently I didn't have the proper armor, even though I'd suited up head to toe. Um, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to work our way through the, the Ephesian scripture, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and, and in his mighty power. Be strong in him and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, because in case you were didn't know you need all of it you can't just you know you leave the breastplate out but you have everything else you're going to get stabbed that's not a good idea you need the full armor it's not nearly as worthwhile if you're only putting part of it on so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Um, we need to have the full armor of God so that we can face all the things going on in the world. And some people, they say, well, it's not, you know, people go with spiritual warfare and they take it too far and they make everything spiritual. But then I think you have the other people who it's as if nothing is spiritual and it's all earthly. We, our citizenship is in heaven, by the way. If you've given your life to God, our citizenship is not here. We do not fight the, we do not fight the battles in life by ourselves with our human brethren. No, we fight these battles with our heavenly father and so when we're facing these things we we know that we need to know that we are facing things that have spiritual consequences not just earthly consequences and so when we're facing things there's often the connection and maybe there's things that just people are doing there's nothing spiritual about it but 
the devil can use that, or the demons can use that to make a difference in our lives spiritually. They'll use that against us. And maybe there's no devil and demons involved in what's going on in our lives right now. We're doing enough of that on our own, aren't we? We, we, you know, some people, they get so negative, and they just keep on going and going with how negative things are, and I think they're just consumed by negativity, and what they need to be consumed with is God's love. God's love is incredible, and that is using God's heavenly power in our lives. He has put the Holy Spirit in us for a reason, so that the Holy Spirit can guide us through the things that we face in life and empower us to face the things that we will face. Um, you know, thinking about Job, the devil took everything from him. And I don't think, you know, I don't, really don't think that the devil is working in each of our lives because the devil is not God. In case you didn't know that, his power is nowhere near what God's power is. The devil is an angel who fell from heaven. He, he left heaven so that he could do his own thing. The devil is not all-powerful who can be everywhere all at once. Um, but the devil was specifically working in Job's life. And he took everything from Job. And um, if Job had been yelling and swinging his fists, you know what good that would have done in his situation? None. No good. Nothing. It doesn't help because he can throw a fit all he wants. That is not going to help his situation. What he needs is God. When Joseph, when his brothers sold him into slavery and then 15 years later, his brothers come to him for help. When they come to him, not even realizing that it's him that they're coming to, but they get to him for help and he could have punished them. But instead, he decides to um, see what goes on with them, see if they've changed and they had changed. They definitely had some regrets about what they had done. And then they were going to, uh, one of them was going to give themselves up. The one that uh, I believe was the ringleader in the whole thing of getting rid of Joseph. Um, that one is the one I believe that went to Joseph and said, please, you know, you can't take our youngest brother, our father. He, he's not going to be able to take it. And so just take me instead. They had changed. It wasn't Joseph who was supposed to take revenge on them. No, that we leave that to God. What Joseph did was he fed the hungry when they needed it. The people who sold him into slavery, which ended up ultimately getting him into prison, all wrongfully, you know, just, just because your younger brother can be a brat does not mean that you sell him into slavery and then get them thrown into prison. That's just not how it works. He did nothing ultimately to go to prison. And so he spends 15 years away from his family. He's not the only one suffering. His father was suffering, and ultimately they were all suffering. They realized that what they had done, they should not have done. But Joseph fed the hungry. The people, that the enemies that came to him for help, he fed them. And so it, it, he could have been throwing a fit, but that wouldn't have helped. That wouldn't have helped in his situation. Instead, he, he, as he lived his life in slavery, he made sure that God was number one and God took care of him. And then when he gets put into prison, he made sure God was number one. And then it, God brought him out of prison. God used Joseph because he didn't throw a fit, because he was going to put on the armor of God and say, Lord, I need you to get me through this. I need you to fight for me. We can yell and scream throw a fit. We can do whatever we want. We can hold a grudge. We can um, try to get revenge. None of it is going to help. Ultimately, we need God's help. 
And it says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We need to stand firm with the belt of truth. We got to put the belt on because that is going to hold everything together. That's going to hold us together as well. His truth, not our truth, not the world's truth, not the truth of what we would like to be. God's truth, what is truly true. That is what we need in our lives. And we need, the, we need the breastplate of righteousness. God calls us to be holy as he is holy. He wants us to be like Jesus. That is what he wants for us. He doesn't want us to um, be throwing a fit and trying to get revenge or being angry. God doesn't want us to have any hate for people. He doesn't want us to be like that. He wants us to just be filled with his love, and we need his righteousness so that we can do this, because without God, we're just another messed up human being in, another, in, a, in a messed up world. But God doesn't want us to be just another messed up human being who has had all sorts of things happen to us, all sorts of things that we have done to ourselves, mistakes that we have made. He wants to, like I, you know, last time I had oranges here, he wants to put the pieces of our lives back together so that he can use us for so much good. We need to put the belt of truth on and the breastplate of righteousness. And that's getting you started with some good armor, but we need more than that. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. How many of us need peace? When you're going into battle, you need peace. I think of that incredible story where uh, 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 King Saul's son and his armor bearer, they look up, at, uh, they look up the cliff and um, they, they, they were showing themselves purposely to the enemy. And, the enemy, and, and he said, you know what? If the enemy calls us up there, we're going to go up there. It's God. If the enemy tells us to stay down here, let's go. <laughs> I don't know what, what the plan B was, but ultimately he said he was thinking they were going to go to battle. Well, they showed themselves to the enemy, and the enemy says, whole army, by the way, two people down here, and their army is somewhere else, and they're looking up at the, the whole army on the cliff, and the army says, come up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Well, Jonathan and his armor bearer climbed that cliff, and then they started killing the enemy, and then the enemy started to run from two people. When we have the armor of God, we are ready for battle. We are as ready as we could ever be. And it could, we could say, well, now's not the time. There's only two of us here, and there's a whole lot of them. It doesn't matter if you think it's the time. What matters is if God says, go to battle, this is the fight to fight. You need to go and fight that good fight, the good fight for the true faith. Um, so we need to be fitted with, the, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, the good news of Jesus Christ and all the peace that it brings, that we can be free from sin, that we can be free from shame, that we can, have our, uh, we can be filled with God's love, have our identity in him. With the gospel, we are ready for anything. And the shield of faith, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Anything that somebody does against you, all the things that they do, sometimes you can feel like it, the people are just firing at you from all over the place. But you have the shield of faith. You have the faith to know God is going to get you through it. You have the faith to know that if, <clears throat> if you step on the water, 
God is going, if you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, he will help you to walk on water. You have the faith to know that he's going to do this. But like Peter walking on water with Jesus, as soon as he got distracted by the storm around him, by the things that are going on in our lives, and we get distracted by that, that is when we're going to start to sink. We need to have the shield of faith to know God is going to get us through it. You know, Indiana Jones, he, he didn't know what he was doing when that invisible bridge was there, but he had to take that leap of faith to know that, yes, God's got you. He's going to get you through this. Um, then it says, um, <clears throat> whoops, where'd I go? The shield of faith. Oh, oh yes, this is a, I must have skipped this line. Did you know, by the way, that the Romans had large shields covered in leather that was soaked in water? Basically, this is what he's saying. That, you know, the shield of faith is not just a shield. Because there's all sorts of things that people try to use as shields, as, shield, as a shield in life. A lot of time, money is a basic one. It helps you all the time, right? But the shield of faith is like a shield prepared for these flaming arrows. It's got leather that has been soaked in water. Those flaming arrows, which he is talking about in this passage, they're not going to be a problem because they're going to be extinguished by the water in those shields. So these, the shield of faith is not just some shield. It is the shield that we need for the specific things that happen against us. Um, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We are protected by helmets, and they are sometimes used also as a symbol of victory. Our salvation, we are saved. We put on the helmet of salvation. We are saying that we are on the winning side. We are on God's side. We have his helmet of salvation. You ever see those fancy helmets? They got all sorts of stuff on there. Well, we have the helmet of salvation, the best team that we could be wearing a helmet for. And with the sword of the Spirit, we must fight with God's strength by his word and his power. That is what we need. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for, the, for all the Lord's people. We all need prayer. And in 1 Corinthians, it said, this is what Paul is saying. I beg you that when I come, I may not need to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. So often, Christians, we get distracted thinking that we live by the standards of this world. It has nothing to do with the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We do not fight with weapons of this world. We do not fight the way that the world fights. Remember, revenge is for God, not for us. We leave that to his righteous anger. We do not fight the way the world fights. When the enemy comes knocking on our door, we give them a meal. We let them go. You know, we, we let God be in charge. We do not fight with hatred and anger. We fight with God's righteous love. We have weapons that unbelievers don't have. We have the sword of the Spirit. We have God's Word. Which, by the way, the rest of the armor of God is all defensive stuff, right? You have the helmet, the breastplate, uh, the, the belt, you know, all the 
whatever you call metal boots. <laughs> um, we have all these things to protect us. But we have the sword of the Spirit, God's word, as our weapon. Jesus, when, he, when the devil was trying to tempt Jesus, the Son of God, he quoted back scripture every time to the devil. Because the scripture is what gets us through it. When we rely on God, his truth, what he has told us and told all Christians. We need to fight the way that God wants us to fight. Um, and with the armor of God, you know, we're like this, this little clementine. We sink when we get into life. People sink because they can't, they can't do it on their own. But if we put on the armor of God, we float. Because with the armor of God, the whole armor of God, you are able to face the things that we face in life. You know, we can't do it without God. Basically, I think it is, it lets the air in if you peel it, right? So um, there's air in that orange. If you have a hole in that, the water is going to get in there. You're going to sink. It might just take a little longer. We need to put on the full armor of God, the belt of truth that holds everything together, the breastplate of righteousness. God makes us righteous. Um, feet fitted with the gospel of peace so that we are ready for anything, the shield of faith to extinguish all arrows, the helmet of salvation. With God, there is victory. And the sword of the Spirit, we can fight by His strength, His wisdom, we got his strategic plan that's guiding us. But we need to put on the full armor of God. In, in Romans, starting in 8.28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. He, those he justified, he also glorified. He has called us all. If we, we, if we accept that call and we say, Lord, I will go and do whatever you want me to do in life. You know, he, and, he, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of of those who love him, if we truly love him, if we put him first, he is using all things for the good in our lives. Awful things may happen to us, but he wants to make sure that ultimately good is going to come out of that. He is going to use that for good to happen. Bad things will happen in this world, but God is always good. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, among, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. G Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. 
No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a great scripture because through him we are more than conquerors. We're going to be floating. When everything's sinking, we're going to be floating because with God we have his armor. If we are utilizing his armor that he gives us, we are not going to be drowning in all the things that we face. We are going to be succeeding. He's going to get us through it. We might not feel like that Clementine is floating very high. We might want to be further above the water, but God is going to get us through it. But we need to be living the way that God wants us to by putting on the full armor of God. Um, and, you know, how, how, many, how many people like to read in general? Anybody like to read? I don't like to read. It's work. Um, it, well, it makes my eyes tired, and I'm a slow reader. But if I'm not reading God's Word and using it all the time, how am I supposed to be ready to face the day every single day? And when I do not read God's word, you know, you don't have to read it first thing in the morning, but I think it's a great way to get the day started. And I'm a morning person, so I need to spend my time with God in the morning every day. But when I don't, if I skip it for some reason, if I'm just getting busy with all the other things that go on in life, God isn't, he's suddenly not number one in my life and things don't go so great. But when I take him with me from the very start of my day through the rest of the day taking him with me he is going to get me through it and I can face it not just face it but face it the way he wants me to that I can be ready for the things that I will face and be ready to do it in the name of Jesus so that in all things I am doing it for him to his glory I was thinking about a, an Olympian Jim Thorpe he was a runner um, and uh he, he woke up, he was ready for the Olympics until he realized somebody stole his shoes. You need your shoes when you're going to be running in the Olympics. So he goes to the garbage can. Most people might just give up. No. He went to the garbage can. He found two shoes. Not that they were the same size. They weren't his size. He put some extra socks on the one so that it, his foot was big enough to fill the shoe. And then he ran and then he was still winning medals. But when we put on the armor of God, we're not getting some mixed-matched shoes from the garbage. We are getting God's power. His Holy Spirit in us, guiding us, strengthening us. We need to put on the full armor of God so that we can truly face the day, conquer the day, conquering it in Jesus' name for him and his glory. Because it's not about us. It's not about the church. It is about him and what he wants to do in our lives through our lives, to make a difference in the world. He has great plans, but we need to make sure he is number one and that we are putting on his armor and using his weapons, the sword of the Spirit, his Holy Spirit, the word that he gives us, because if we're not fighting it with him, if we're not fighting this his way, then we're doing, maybe we're doing the right thing, but all the wrong ways. And that's not what God wants, and ultimately that's not going to get us very far. What we need is God in doing things his way. Let's pray. Lord, you, you know the things that we're going to face. And we need your amazing power. We need your amazing love. We need you to guide us. Help us to put on 
every piece of armor, that we would not leave out certain parts, that we would not just put on all the defensive things but leave out your word, but that we would cling to every piece of armor, that we would put it all on so that we are ready to face the things that we face in life. Not that we put it on when we need it, but that we put it on because we know at some point we're going to need it, that we will be ready with you. Lord, we face things in life. And sometimes, we're, maybe we're not even facing things, but you are calling us to face things. You want us to be the light in the world. Lord, whatever it is that we need to do, help us to do it with you, your way, with your love guiding us every step of it. Thank you for all that you are doing in our lives. Thank you for all that you still want to do. You always want to do more. And help us to be doing this all your way with your plan in mind, your goals. Lord, you are amazing, but help us to live the amazing lives that you want us to live as well. Amen. Please stand. Jesus,
this where it says in this passage that we do not live by the standards of the world, but there's people that think that we live by the standards of the world. We really do not. We don't fight with the weapons of the world either. And, and I was thinking of this story, and I'm trying to think. I can't quite remember where it was, but basically God led the enemy army right to the um, people of God. And they had no idea. God was giving them some kind of blindness. They had no idea what they were doing. They walk right into the enemy, their enemy's territory. And um, then, well, then they're saying, well, what do we do now with them? God's brought the enemy right to us. Do we kill them? And no, give them a meal. Let them go. You know, feed the hungry, I guess. When they, even when it's the enemy. We don't live by the standards of this world. But we need to make sure that even in the opportunities that God gives us, that we don't stoop below what he wants for us, that we are raising above all of that, thinking with a heavenly mindset, living with heavenly power, knowing that God has great plans, but we don't live by the standards of this world. We live by God's standards with his armor and his sword. Have a great God-filled week.